0: He's here. Now, broadcasting them from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
1: First, Colorado, now California, and possibly Maine, all looking to ban Donald Trump from being on the ballot in 2024 as the left continues their tyranny and destruction of America. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. It is the Mark Levin Show. The Great One is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia, where I do the afternoon drive show and talk radio 1210 WPHD. Great to be with back with you tonight. So we started the show yesterday, and then about 10 minutes into it, uh, the breaking news came out about Colorado. Don't know if there'll be any major breaking news tonight, but the California... Lieutenant Governor sent a letter to the Secretary of State today asking her to please explore all possible options to keep Donald Trump off the ballot in the Republican presidential primary in California, where he has a substantial lead. And today, Maine's Secretary of State also said that Maine will be making a decision very shortly on whether or not Trump can be on the ballot there. The Supreme Court has to weigh in very quickly. And the key thing about this is that the Supreme Court has to point out, as we pointed out to you yesterday on the show, Donald Trump has had no due process whatsoever here, none. And the group behind this effort in Colorado, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, have direct ties to the Biden administration, direct ties to the Biden administration. As we watch the American southern border, the surrender of our southern border, the complete invasion that's happening of the United States of America, you want to talk about an insurrection, you want to talk about a rebellion. Talk about what's happening down the southern border and how Joe Biden, as president of the United States of America, is giving aid and comfort to all these illegal immigrants who are storming into our country. So the question was asked today by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and also Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Why don't we just declare Biden's ineligible to run? You know, we'll just say this uh, border invasion is absolutely an insurrection or rebellion against the United States of America. And we're not going to stand for it. And the president is giving aid and comfort to those people. And we, as a state, just decide that we'll impose this penalty on them. He can't be on the ballot. Biden is off the ballot. We've determined that that's the case. And since we're a state, and apparently now you're allowed to interpret the federal constitution with the state Supreme Court, we'll determine that uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment applies to Biden and he can't run. No, just we'll just pull the Colorado. And we'll say that even though we're a state and uh, the Democrats are always screaming that States have no say in federal law. States can't enforce federal law. I mean, that's what they're saying about Texas, right? They've been saying this over and over again. States can't enforce federal law. When it comes to immigration, the state of Texas cannot do the job of the federal government. We hear this every day. But Colorado can enforce federal law when it decides that somebody's guilty of an insurrection or a rebellion against the United States of America, which would be a federal crime. Colorado can enforce that law by holding people accountable. So why can't Texas enforce immigration law and hold people accountable? See, the hypocrisy of the Democrats never ceases to amaze me. The absolute double standards that these people have. But let's think about this now. You have all Democrats on the Colorado Supreme Court. They're all appointed by the governor. So none of them are elected. Not that that matters because the Pennsylvania justices are elected and they also undermined the Pennsylvania Constitution in the 2020 election. But Democrat-appointed Colorado justice says the Trump ballot ban undermines the bedrock of America, a fiery dissent by Justice Carlos Samor, appointed to the bench by a Democrat governor of Colorado, who said the following, The decision to bar former President Donald J. Trump by all counts the current leading Republican presidential candidate and reportedly the current leading overall presidential candidate From Colorado's presidential primary ballot flies in the face of the due process doctrine. Even if we are convinced that a candidate committed horrible acts in the past, dare I say, engaged in insurrection, there must be procedural due process before we can declare that individual disqualified from holding public office. He went on to argue that allowing states to decide individually whether to allow Trump's candidacy risk chaos in the country, the justice conjured visions of state governments divided on the legitimacy of a victorious presidential candidate. Now, I will tell you that the notion of due process, which has been completely ignored here and abandoned, and the left hates due process anyway. Who who are we kidding? It's a sham. They don't believe in it. The notion that Donald Trump did not receive any due process, let's think about this. Colorado found him guilty. They didn't charge him with anything, but they found him guilty. They found him guilty without a trial. They found him guilty without all of the elements that you have to have in a trial, including a jury of your peers. And the punishment that they've sentenced him to is to bar him from the ballot, taking away his liberty without due process, to not allow him to be on the ballot as an American citizen to run for president of the United States. They've handed out this justice against him without so much as a jury trial of his peers. Now, how is that due process is my question. They also spit on the face of Congress because the only time there was a trial was when Donald Trump was acquitted of anything to do with January 6th after the House of Representatives impeached him and there was a trial in the Senate where you needed a two-third conviction and they didn't get that. Therefore, Donald Trump was acquitted of anything related to January 6th. Now, the state of Colorado says, we know better than Congress we get to decide. We get to interpret the Constitution. We get to turn around and tell you what the federal Constitution means. I mean, sure, their job is the Colorado Constitution. Their job is to interpret Colorado's Constitution based on Colorado's statute. But that's okay. Well, now let states interpret the federal Constitution. Why not? So states can interpret the federal Constitution. States can hand out uh, severe punishments to people without so much as a trial. States can punish people based on federal law even though they have no authority or jurisdiction in the matter, states can do these things now. I didn't know. This is the the, uh, America 2.0. Look at that. States get to do the things that the federal government won't do. So my question is, what are we waiting for? Let's all start doing this. We'll just have the states decide which federal laws they want to interpret and how, and then they can hand out punishments accordingly based on how they see it. And you don't have to worry about a trial. You don't have to worry about pesky little things like due process. You just do it. You just know it. It's just self-evident. That's what the uh, dopey commander-in-chief said today, Joe Biden. It's self-evident, you see. They asked Biden if uh, Trump is an insurrectionist. As he was getting off Marine One. I don't know if he was going to the airport or coming back from the airport. I forget. But, and I don't know if he was with Hunter Biden at the time, as he doesn't put Hunter Biden on the flight manifestos, even though flight manifest, excuse me, even though Hunter Biden is accused now of some really shady things that Joe Biden might be involved with. But still, that's okay. Fly Hunter on the Marine One. It's all cool. And then hide it on the manifest so that nobody knows. No conflict of interest there whatsoever. Not even the decorum and the cooth of just saying, maybe we'll leave the embattled first son who's been accused of serious financial crimes here. And serious matters we will leave him away from the president of the United States. They don't care because they have no hubris. They just absolutely just shove it right in your face. They have no humility whatsoever, these people. They just put it right in your face. Look at us. They'll show you how we don't care about your charges. We don't care about the optics of this. We don't care. Here's Hunter sitting right next to the president of the United States. Sure, it's his son. And uh, he was very clear that his father had no financial involvement in his business. Financial. But he didn't rule out involvement altogether, now did he? So even though Joe Biden now, there's serious accusations against him by the House of Representatives involving his son as they open an impeachment inquiry, we'll still have Hunter Powell around. We'll uh, hide the visitor logs. We'll keep him off the flight manifest. It's all fine. We don't care. We're, we're Democrats. We, we can do whatever we want. And now we can interpret federal law, charge people with federal crimes without actually having trials, punish them accordingly. And we get to interpret the federal constitution, even though we're a state. We can interpret the United States Constitution and apply it in our state. Look at that. Really remarkable, isn't it? This is what Biden said today, cut number one. Is Trump an insurrectionist,
0: sir? Well, I think so certainly you're self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies I'll let the court make that decision. But he certainly supported an insurrection. And no question about it. None, zero. And uh, he seems to be doubling down on about everything. Anyway, I've
1: got to go do this. Hey, one, okay? See that? It's self-evident. You don't need evidence. You don't need a trial. You don't need due process. It's self-evident. What does that mean? What's well, obvious to you, right? It's obvious to you he did it, so he did it. Forget all the pesky little things involved in due process, juries and court processes and disclosure and all the. Forget all that. If it's obvious to you, then it's obvious. The person's guilty. Self-evident. It's self-evident, don't you see? And this is really what the Democrats do about everything, do they not? They don't want debate. They want compliance. So everything is self-evident. Climate change is self-evident. You don't have to prove it. Gender, though, can change. That, that's self-evident, too, that a boy can be a girl. That's self-evident that, obviously, biology is not actually science, or, or it can change. It can change by the day. It's self-evident. Whatever the Democrats say is self-evident. You don't have to prove it. You don't have to actually go through the motions of doing those things, that pesky waste of time. And due process only matters when they want it to. That's the consistency of the left here. Now, of course, as we look at the effects of what happened in Colorado, realize something, politically speaking, they have just made Donald Trump the Republican nominee for president. That's what Colorado did yesterday. Colorado yesterday made Donald Trump the Republican nominee for president. They solidified his nomination. Because everybody today has been saying the same thing. This is an outrage. This is an affront to the Constitution, and this is an affront to democracy. How you can say we're going to ban somebody from being able to run for president and take away the rights of millions of people to vote for the candidate of their choice, and somehow that's strengthening democracy, beyond me, but that's what Colorado did. And in doing so, they have handed Trump the nomination because this plays right into his hands. His whole argument has been that they will do whatever they have to do to stop me. I'm such a danger to them because I'll fight for you. They will do whatever they have to do to stop me. And what does Colorado do? They, they rule that he's ineligible to be on the ballot. So it plays right into Trump's hands politically. And it's not going to survive the challenge of the Supreme Court. There's no way. The Supreme Court review is going to knock this down so fast. Because he hasn't had due process. We don't even have to get into whether or not the 14th Amendment applies here, because the first thing the court should write in their decision, they should have Justice Neil Gorsuch pen it, since he's a big fan of due process, is where was the due process? Where were the charges? Where was the conviction? Where was any of this? There, there was no conviction for insurrection, no conviction for aiding and abetting uh, rioters. So then how can you deprive somebody of their liberty under the 14th Amendment without due process? You don't even have to get into the fact that the word president is not mentioned in the, disqual- the, the disqualifying clause of the 14th Amendment. You can save that for later if you like. But it'd be nice if the court did it all at once. And just get this over with so that the state stopped trying to pull this nonsense or so that the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, doesn't decide to throw more charges at Donald Trump, which is what I'm worried about. Because this guy is hell bent on stopping him. You know, and as Mark pointed out earlier on the show or on Twitter, I should say. He pointed out earlier in the show that Jack Smith has this guy by his side this guy Dreben who argued the case of Virginia governor Bob McDonnell before the Supreme Court and lost that case 8-0 and the Supreme Court said that Jack Smith and this guy Dreben who's now on the team with him to go after Trump they absolutely overly broadly over broadly uh, expanded the bribery statute and their overzealous prosecution of Trump, uh, excuse me, of Bob McDonnell in that in that uh, matter was completely wrong. And the justices ruled on that in a unanimous eight nothing opinion where you had Republican appointed justices and Democrat appointed justices all agreeing that Jack Smith and, and this guy Dreeben completely abused their office as prosecutor completely by going after Bob McDonnell. And they destroyed the bribery statute. To use it to their whim, to bend it and twist it to their whim to go after this guy in a targeted prosecution. And that's exactly what he's doing against Trump right now. Exactly that. 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin Show. It's me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. We are coming right back.
0: Mark
2: Levin.
3: Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Don't be left in the dark. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. It digs into concerns about privacy, cybersecurity, and more. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free Downside of the Digital Dollar Report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text data and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. So the
1: question becomes, which blue state will try this tactic next? California's already working on it. Maine's working on it. Where does it end? Where does it end? And where do we go from here? Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. The Great One's off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, with you. I'm happy to be here. Second night in a row with my fellow Levinites. Congressman, uh, excuse me, Governor Ron DeSantis. He was a congressman at one point. Governor now, of course, presidential candidate. He had a great point today. Great point. Look, I told you earlier, I think that this has solidified Trump as the Republican nominee, period. I think that Trump is going to be the nominee. I think he was going to be the nominee before this. But I think this only helps him. Because it plays right into his hands, right into his argument, which is that they are doing everything they possibly can to stop him. And they are never going to stop coming after him to keep him out of the White House because they're so afraid of what he will do in the White House. But Governor Ron DeSantis had a great point, very similar to the point I made. Why can't a state just say Biden can't be on the ballot?
4: Cut number two what you're seeing the left do is they will use the power of the state to advance their agenda and you see that with the colorado supreme court i mean look if somebody's convicted or something of some of these things there was no trial on any of this. They basically just said, what, you can't be on the ballot? I mean, how does that work? What's the limiting principle for that? Uh, why could, could we just say that Biden can't be on the ballot because he let in 8 million illegals uh, into the country and violated the Constitution, which he has? Uh, could we just say, oh, well, they have uh, money coming to Hunter, whatever? So, so I think the U.S. Supreme Court is going to reverse that. But, but here's the larger thing, what the left and the media and the Democrats are doing. They're doing all this stuff to basically solidify support in the primary for him, get him into the general, and the whole general election is going to be all this legal stuff. And, look, it's unfair. Uh, They're abusing power 100%. But the question is, is that going to work? Um, And I think they have a playbook that, unfortunately, will work, uh, and it will give Biden or the Democrat or whoever the ability uh, to skate through this thing. That's their plan. That's what they want. What they don't want is to have somebody like me who will make the election not about all those other issues, but will make the election about the failures of Biden, the failures? Yeah, but of the let's, left.
1: let's stop it right there. The, the problem, though, is that all these issues do matter. That's the thing. Everything Trump talks about, with the government, the deep state, the national security state, the police state coming after him, this is a this is a real thing. And the fact that it's a spotlight on him, how the government can coordinate with big tech and the corporate media. And they can all work together in an unholy triad and they can get their way and they can intimidate American citizens. They can arrest American citizens for doing nothing other than protesting outside of abortion clinics and praying. They can they can use their power to censor. All these things matter. We're coming right back here on the
3: Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Don't be left in the dark. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. It digs into concerns about privacy, cybersecurity, and more. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free Downside of the Digital Dollar Report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com.
2: Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811.
1: So I saw a really interesting piece today on The Daily Caller by the investigative reporter over there, James Lynch. Welcome back to The Mark Levin Show. The Great One is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. Great to be with you, my fellow Levinites. Uh, He writes that the left-wing legal organization behind Colorado's decision to remove former President Donald Trump from its Republican primary ballot has a direct link to the Biden administration. There's a direct line between Joe Biden's deep state and Trump getting removed from Colorado's ballot. Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, their president and CEO, Noah Bookbinder, is a member of the Department of Homeland Security's Homeland Security Advisory Council. Tasked with giving real-time advice to DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who, of course, should be impeached for his utter incompetence. Well, maybe not incompetence. I mean, maybe what he's doing at the border is exactly perfect, exactly the way they want it to be done. Just wide open. Everybody gets to come in. Nobody's turned around. Come on in. In which case, then, he's incredibly competent. Let's see here. Crew bought the Colorado case against Trump and celebrated the Colorado Supreme Court's 4-3 ruling to keep Trump off the state's Republican primary ballot. Bookbinder said in a press release the following, quote, Our Constitution clearly states that those who violate their oath by attacking our democracy are barred from serving in government. It has been an honor to represent the petitioners, and we look forward to ensuring that this vitally important ruling stands. Bookbinder is a former trial attorney for the Department of Justice's Public Integrity Section and former chief counsel for criminal justice for the Senate Judiciary Committee. He repeatedly donated to former President Barack Obama's reelection campaign during his tenure with the Senate. The Department of Homeland Security appointed Bookbinder and 32 other new members to the Homeland Security Advisory Committee in March of 2022, ahead of the council's first meeting under Secretary Mayorkas. Quote, from this March 2022 press release when they announced this guy's appointment. Together, we will ensure that the department is best positioned to meet the challenges we confront today. Foresee and be ready for the challenges of tomorrow, capitalize on the power of technological innovation, and serve our country by living up to our highest ideals. Our department is privileged to benefit from the experience, vision, and creativity of these incredibly accomplished individuals. Now, this Homeland Security Advisory Committee has met numerous times and produced reports my office on issues ranging from disinformation to supply chains and innovation. Mayorkas convened the council's fourth in-person meeting in September 2023, and Bookbinder attended the meeting, which focused primarily on artificial intelligence. Now, you know these guys are are all sitting around figuring out how they can stop the spread of so-called disinformation. What is disinformation? It's anything the government doesn't like. That's it. That's the definition right there. Anything that you put out there, whether it's true or whether it's false, is irrelevant. If the government doesn't like it, then it's disinformation. Now, I know what you're saying, you're saying, Rich, but if it's false, isn't it disinformation? No, it could just be wrong, but that's the problem. If you are not allowed to entertain different ideas, take science, for example, if you're not allowed to challenge what the intelligentsia is telling you, whether it's Fauci or whether it's the CDC or whatever, how do you know you're ever gonna get to a right conclusion? So we put out ideas sometimes that may be wrong. It doesn't mean it's disinformation. It just may prove to be wrong down the road. You might say the COVID vaccine has no side effects or stops the spread of transmission. Those things are wrong. They're disinformation if you knowingly know that they're wrong at the time you put it out there. But you see, the left doesn't even entertain debate on scientific matters. They shut it down under the guise of disinformation, even when it factually proves to be correct in the long run. They said, for example, early on in COVID, when there were cases of myocarditis among healthy young people and countries in Europe stopped giving the shots to kids and healthy young males. At the time, we were told that was disinformation, and now we know that that is all real, but the government calling it disinformation shuts down any exploration of it to see if it's true or false, and that's the idea because they don't want to ever be proven wrong. Take uh, the transgender issue with kids, right? In New Jersey, the state of New Jersey is going after parents and denying them the right to know if their kid comes to school and identifies as a different gender. So, you know, your five-year-old son John goes to school and he gets there and he says, my name is Sue. And uh, he puts on girls' clothes and the school is not allowed to call the parents and let them know. Why is that? Well, to listen to the idiot governor of New Jersey say it, it's because, well, we have to protect the safety of the children. That's not true. It's because if a teenage kid is going through this transgender phase and the parents know about it, maybe the parents will address what it really is, which is a mental health crisis, and get the kid help. But you see, that challenges the orthodoxy of the state, which says that this is perfectly normal. So anything that would dispute that is labeled disinformation. So even challenging ideas in science is not allowed. You can't challenge climate change science. You can't challenge biology. You can't challenge any of what the left puts out. They will immediately slap it with a label disinformation to shut down debate. That's their goal. And the same thing with the 100 Biden laptop, right? 100 Biden laptop comes out. They say it's Russian disinformation. They shut down the ability of people to share it. They shut down the ability of people to comment on it. They shut down the ability of people to question the legitimacy of the Hunter Biden laptop. That's what the left always wants to do using this disinformation category to just completely shut down conversation and debate. This is at the very heart of that case going through the courts, of Missouri v. Biden, which says that the federal government essentially now bullied these big tech companies into playing this game of disinformation and silencing people. Although I don't think they had to work very hard to do it. I think big tech was more than happy to help. But that's at the heart of it. Do you lose your First Amendment rights to hear things in the public square and say things in the public square? If you're censored by big tech, normally no, because they're private companies. But if the government's making them do it, well, then absolutely. Yes, it is. It is, it is censorship by proxy. The government is still behind it. So it's absolutely a First Amendment violation. But let's go back to this little Homeland Security Advisory Committee, right? So they met a few times in the summer of 2022 to discuss the preliminary and final versions of the disinformation report written by the Disinformation Best Practices and Safeguards Subcommittee. Man, if that doesn't sound like the midnight train to Moscow, I don't know what does, right? One of the preliminary proposals adopted by the council was dissolving the disinformation governance board after widespread criticism of disinformation czar Nina Jankiewicz. She's the failed musical theater singer. Remember her? Who would sing about misinformation and disinformation? Real kook. And a bookbinder attended an August 2022 meeting. This guy, book, Bookbinder, is behind the efforts in Colorado to remove Trump from the ballot. He attended an August 2022 meeting about the final disinformation report and questioned a section of how the Department of Homeland Security can be more transparent with its disinformation operations. Quote, I just had one clarifying question. Clearly, a couple of the issues that are discussed in the report, particularly disinformation around the election and disinformation around COVID are issues where information and disinformation have become highly politicized. And because of that, I think efforts to correspond to disinformation has been attacked as perhaps political according to the meeting minutes. It was my sense that the recommendation five under transparency was really intended in part to inoculate the department against accusations that correcting disinformation was political. But I just wanted to clarify if that was a part of the intent of that particular set of recommendations. Now, The disinformation subcommittee chair responded by pointing him to the final report's lengthy appendix full of definitions and graphics and how to correct supposedly inaccurate information. The appendix contains a list of insights from the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, a DHS subdivision central to the department's efforts to censor, censor speech, censor speech, excuse me, online ahead of the 2020 election. Then-President Donald Trump was among those targeted by CISA and its third-party affiliates when they pressured social media platforms to censor election-related speech, according to a report by the House Judiciary Committee. So this guy, Bookbinder, worked on a report produced by the Openness and Transparency Department of Homeland Security subcommittee in March of 2023, with recommendations on how the Department of Homeland Security can become more transparent without compromising its law enforcement mission. So instead of these uh, these morons trying to secure the border and deal with the invasion and surrender of the southern border, they're sitting around discussing how they can be more proactive about censoring Americans under the guise of disinformation. How they can be more proactive about censoring speech online. That's what they're working on. How they can label more things, misinformation and disinformation. That's what the Department of Homeland Security Advisory Committee is working on. They're not sitting there figuring out, hey, how do we close the border? How do we secure it? How do we work with our uh, state and local law enforcement leaders to deal with this uh, crisis we have going on here? Nope. Let's sit around in a room and come up with more ways that we can censor American citizens and punish them for speech we don't like and label things we don't like as disinformation Regardless of the fact of whether it's true or false or can be proven true or false, we'll just slap on a disinformation label to it and that'll be the end of the the debate. It'll end right there. That's what the Homeland Security Subcommittee was working on. And that's what this guy Bookbinder, who's behind the effort to keep Trump off the ballot in Colorado, was working on as well with them. Specific policy recommendations in the report address the Department of Homeland Security's ability to respond to Freedom of Information Act records requests and additional monitoring of facilities used to detain illegal immigrants. Now, you know, if you think about the efforts of the deep state to stop Donald Trump, which has been going on since before he became president, I mean, really, ever since he walked down the escalator, what happened right away? Well, right away. The uh, CIA finds out that Hillary Clinton's got this dossier, this Russian dossier, and then they brief President Obama on it and they let the media know so they give it legitimacy and give it credibility. And even though they know it's a political document, they treat it like it's a real source of valuable uh, information, you know, a real uh, spy craft kind of a thing, you know? And they treat it like that to give it legs and give it legitimacy. Then Trump gets elected, even though Peter Strzok and Lisa Page say, we'll stop him. Working with the FBI and the Department of Justice and God only knows what other three letter agencies wiretapping his phones in Trump Tower, just like Mark told you years ago they were doing. And they did spying on people like Carter Page and George Papadopoulos, all under the guise of Russian disinformation, abusing Section 702 of the FISA Act so they can infiltrate this campaign. Trump becomes president despite that. And what do they do? They continue the Russian collusion narrative, hoping it will weaken him among Republicans who are still thinking of Russia as being the communist enemy of days gone by and that they'll want to take Trump out. They launch the phony Mueller investigation, costing taxpayers, what, $70 million? And they keep at it. They impeach him over a phone call to Ukraine where he's trying to get to the bottom of Joe Biden's corruption, because we all know that Joe Biden's corrupt and we all know that that Ukraine has all the receipts. Since Joe Biden was the one who got them to fire the prosecutor, holding a billion dollars in financial aid over their head as a bribe to enrich his son's business and probably most likely himself as well. But they impeach Trump over that and they continue to try to dismantle his presidency from within the deep state. And then after he leaves the White House, they're still at it under the guise of this disinformation committee to shut down Americans having the ability to debate things like the Hunter Biden laptop, COVID-19, the origins of COVID, and on and on it goes. And this guy who was leading the effort in Colorado to stop Trump from being on the ballot is directly involved with this back in Washington, D.C. with the Department of Homeland Security. Do you not see how the deep state is still working to stop Donald Trump? They are still working to keep him out of the White House. They are terrified of him getting back in. They're terrified of the fact that he knows now what they're capable of. He didn't know back then, but now he does. He knows what they're capable of and he knows what they will try to do to stop him. But that's where this helps him politically, as I said earlier, because it plays right into the argument that he keeps making, which is, look, I am so dangerous to these people. They will do whatever they possibly can to stop me, even fighting to keep me off the ballot. They'll do whatever they have to do and they will not relent because I'm that much of a danger to them because I will go in there and actually take a cudgel to the deep state this time. I will not allow the party hacks to come in and advise me. But just understand how deep these connections go between the government and big tech, the corporate media, and all these little left-wing think tanks and election democracy preservation efforts. They're all, it's all related. They're all related, all working together to control what we say, to censor what what they don't want to hear all under the guise of disinformation and misinformation and particularly when it comes to the election watch them to do even more of this and watch them to keep coming after Trump now in other states they will not relent they will not 877-381-3811 this is the Mark Levin show the great ones off tonight it's me Rich Zioli with you coming right back
2: Mark Levin
3: Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Don't be left in the dark. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. It digs into concerns about privacy, cybersecurity, and more. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free Downside of the Digital Dollar Report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text, date, and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com.
1: So you have these Colorado Supreme Court justices, all appointed by Democrat governors, who are all pointing out in their dissent how Donald Trump did not get any due process. Now, do you think that's going to be a wake-up call to other states to say, hey, we should hold back here? There's no due process. Look at the dissenting justices. Of course not. That's why California and Maine are already looking to block Trump from the ballot. There'll be probably other blue states that start doing this as well. But I'm telling you right now, all this is doing is helping him in the polls. You look at uh, the nomination support from March, it was 45.9%. Now it's at 65%. He has gone up 20 points since the government started going after him. Because again, it plays right into the message. The weaponization of government against the American people. And if the government believes it can go after him, it can certainly go after you. You see this with eighty seven thousand new IRS agents, accountants, people that are going after now anyone who has more than six hundred dollars in a deposit. You see how the government is expanding its power to look into your Facebook profiles and listen to your phone calls and your emails all under the guise of you might be a domestic violent extremist, how You had anyone who flew into the capital region on January 6, 2021, the high holy day of the left. uh, They're all profiled now by the Transportation Security Administration, by air marshals. They're all on lists now. Even if they never set foot inside the capital, hell, even if they never went into the District of Columbia, they're still being profiled by the government. So we are all acutely aware of this. Moms who spoke out at school board meetings who were targeted with a letter from Merrick Garland saying you might be domestic violent extremists. Catholics praying in mass in Latin, right? Praying in Latin at mass. They might be domestic violent extremists too. See, we see all these things. We feel all these things. We all know it. How many times have people... In your world, in your circle, how many times have you been called a bigot or had a friend be called a bigot or have somebody come after you because of an opinion you had that was controversial? That's also what the left does. They try to shut down any opinions that disagree with theirs. So if you come out and say, for example, I don't believe that a 13-year-old who identifies as transgender should have their body mutilated, well, they'll shut down that debate and call you a bigot and try to silence you and accuse you of spreading disinformation. What's happening to Trump is what's happening to all of us. The government weaponized going after its citizens, squashing dissent and using its police state powers to help its friends advance the ball politically. And all it's doing right now for Trump is helping him politically, which is the good news.
3: Hour two straight ahead. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month.
1: A letter was put out just recently, and Mark sent this to me a short time ago, from some very prominent people on the Israel-Hamas war. Welcome back to the show. It is the Mark Levin Show. The Great One is off tonight. It's Rich Zioli from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. Great to be with you. Back in the saddle for another night. So this is the letter here, public statement on the Israel-Hamas war. I told Mark I'd read this on the air for you. We are all individuals who devoted significant portions of our lives to the national security of the United States. Some of us served in senior positions in the U.S. military, some of us in policy departments and agencies, and some of us in the intelligence community. Some of us were political appointees and some of us were career officials. Many of us worked for presidents of both political parties. All of us believe that Israel's victory in the war to eradicate Hamas and other terrorist proxies of the Islamic Republic of Iran is critical. For Middle East peace and stability. Moreover, Israel is at the vanguard of a global battle to defend and protect the values that define Western civilization. As such, the success of Israel's efforts is vital to the interests of the United States and all other countries that cherish life and liberty. On October 7, 2023, Hamas and its Gazan camp followers broke a long-standing ceasefire to engage in mass kidnapping, rape, murder, and unspeakably depraved torture in southern Israel. Since that date, Hamas has continued its genocidal mission of eradicating the Jewish state by firing thousands of rockets into Israel, directly threatening millions of civilians. Hamas, like ISIS before it, worships the most barbaric forms of violence rooted in a perverse Islamist ideology. Hamas, even as it continues to target civilians in Israel, is using Gazans, many against their will, both as human shields and propaganda swords. Notwithstanding Hamas's depravity and the direct complicity of many Gazans in the atrocities of October 7th, the Israel the Israel Defense Forces comply with the rules of war, the Geneva Convention, and otherwise taking extraordinary measures to mitigate harm to civilians. With the aim of freeing scores of hostages, including American citizens, and eliminating Hamas, the IDF are neutralizing terrorists and systematically destroying Hamas's multi-billion dollar military infrastructure, including tunnels, weapons factories, training facilities, and command centers, much of it hidden within civilian areas. Notably, Hamas used humanitarian aid from Western governments, including the United States and the European Union, as well as the UN, to subsidize the construction of this terrorist infrastructure, used and still uses international aid to support its military operations. Hamas ruled in Gaza thanks to substantial part, thanks in substantial part, excuse me, to Western aid. Accordingly, we believe that the United States government must provide the IDF the time, resources, and diplomatic support necessary to utterly defeat Hamas, dismantle its operational capability, eliminate its leadership, and discredit its ideology. This is in the national security interests of the United States. We therefore... Commend the Congress for supporting the people of Israel, the IDF and the government of Israel, and for ensuring that the IDF has the munitions and armaments they need to defeat Hamas and other malign regional actors. Such assistance is in America's national interest and must continue. Support Israel's military goal that the war will end only when Hamas no longer maintains the capacity to murder. We urge U.S. policymakers to reject, in absolute terms, any prolonged ceasefire without the unconditional surrender of Hamas and release of every hostage held by Hamas. And we strongly encourage the president and other senior government officials to speak out with absolute moral clarity that Israel's war is just. We urge the president and his role as commander in chief to immediately restore global deterrence against Iran, which directly threatens America and Israel alike. Similarly, we urge President Biden and his administration to refrain from imposing strategically damaging constraints on Israel's defensive military and security activities or imposing post-conflict conditions. An American-Israeli born in Scranton, Pennsylvania, lost his son, a major in the IDF reserves, in the battle against Hamas. At the funeral, his father said, Mr. President, don't pressure us. Let us do what we know how to do, what we must do Defeat evil. This is a war of light against darkness, of truth against lies, of civility against barbarism. We agree. Let Israel win. May God defend all that is right and good. Signed, Senator Ted Cruz, Congressman Michael Waltz, Congressman Brian Mast, Robert Wilkie, former Secretary of Veterans Affairs, and Colonel in the United States Air Force Reserve. Richard Grinnell, the former U.S. ambassador to Germany. David Friedman, Congressman Alan West, retired, of course. Congressman Lee Zeldin. Mitchell Zace, Ph.D., Brigadier General, United States Army, retired. Bonnie Glick, former Deputy Administrator and Chief Operating Officer, U.S. Agency for International Development. Matthew Pottinger, former Assistant to the President, former Deputy National Security Advisor and Chairman of the China Program at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. John Eisenberg, former Assistant to the President and Legal Advisor to the National Security Council. Douglas Faith, former Undersecretary of Defense for Policy. Ezra Cohen, former Acting Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security. Douglas Frears, former Homeland Security and Counterterrorism Advisor to the President. Victoria Coates, former Deputy National Security Advisor for the Middle East and North African Affairs. Frequent guest on my show, and also, by the way, a Philadelphia native, just like Mark. Earl G. Matthews, former Deputy Assistant to the President. Robert Greenway, former Deputy Assistant to the President. Mark Vandroff, former Deputy Assistant to the President. Alexander B. Gray. Anthony Tata, former United States Army Brigadier General. Mary Beth Long, former Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Affairs. Elizabeth Aaron Walsh, former Assistant Secretary of Commerce. Ari Lightstone, former Special Envoy for the Abraham Accords. Derek J. Harvey, Colonel, United States Army, retired. Michael Ellis, former Senior Director for intelligence programs of the National Security Council. Brian J. Kavanaugh, former special assistant to the president for National Security Affairs. Amanda Rothschild, former special assistant to the president. Reid Rubenstein, Joe Anderson, Rod Bishop, Fred McCorkle, Thomas Spohr, William Lee, Mark Mitchell, Joe Arbuckle, Bob Hollingworth, William Inboden, Kenneth Weinstein, David Rader, Daniel Rundi. Shelley Bressler, Nellie Melitz, Clifford D. May, Michael Pregent, Mark Dubowitz, and Ray Takai. Those are the signatories to this statement on Israel and Hamas that Mark sent me a short time ago. I think it is um, particularly frustrating for a lot of these individuals to have to sign this letter and say to the United States of America, could you please stop telling Israel how to fight this war? and let Israel do what Israel has to do. It's a sovereign nation. They can fight its own battles. We tell Ukraine nothing. We don't tell Ukraine how to, how to fight. We don't, we don't tell them what to do. We don't demand ceasefires. We don't demand peace talks or negotiations. Why is that, you think? Do you think it's because uh, Ukraine's got the receipts on Joe Biden and Israel doesn't? Now, if the Bidens had done business in Israel, well, that might be different. But it just certainly seems that when it comes to Ukraine, you cannot have... Uh, <clears throat> enough money to give them without any strings whatsoever without any commands or wishes or anything but with israel it's absolutely you do it the way the united states of america says to do it or else and we're constantly telling them what to do and i think that is what's infuriating people now if i were benjamin and i would just say to america keep your money Keep your money because we don't need we don't need you telling us how to fight this war. So we're good. You do your thing and uh, we'll do ours. Because what I don't need to have is for you to sit here and tell us what we need to do. We know what we need to do. Israel knows what it needs to do. And yet you have a serious problem going on in this country right now where you have members of the left, radical, crazy Democrats who are all anti-Israel. To the point where Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman comes out and says he supports Israel, and for that, he gets blasted by progressives. Blasted by progressives. How dare John Fetterman stand with Israel? There was a time when this used to be standard operating procedure for the Democrat Party. You know, they just, they stood with Israel, and that's just the way it is. And they they supported Israel, and we were their ally, and the strongest ally in the Middle East, and we had their back. But... This Democrat Party today, which has been taken over by complete and utter whack jobs, it's the opposite. Twenty-five percent of young college kids in this country believe that Israel should cease to exist and that Palestine should take over. Where do you think these these uh, these young kids land politically on the spectrum? Huh? What do you think? Who do you think they vote for? Who do you think they voted for in twenty twenty? Right, Joe Biden, of course. So this is the problem. You've got. John Fetterman out there saying that TikTok is filling young people's heads with all this vitriol, this anti-Israeli hate and these pro-Hamas messages. And he's an outlier in the Democrat Party because the mainstream position in the Democrat Party is no longer support Israel. It's just like with the border, too. I mean, Fetterman comes out and says every day you have a population the equivalent of Pittsburgh coming in through the southern border. This has to stop. And he gets blasted by progressives because that is no longer the mainstream position of the Democrat Party. You know, when Mark says the Democrat Party hates America, think about it. You have a party right now where if a member of that political party comes out and says the border should be secure, we should stand with Israel, China should not be buying our farmland, And uh, a foreign corporation shouldn't buy U.S. steel, it's a national security issue, and says all those things, he gets blasted by members of his own party as, as being a fake progressive. This guy, Will Bunch, who writes for the Philadelphia Inquirer, he's a real lefty. He went after Fetterman, as did a lot of people on Twitter, too. John Fetterman's a fake progressive. He's not really a progressive. Because if he was a progressive, he would not stand with Israel. They're the oppressors. If he was a progressive, he would want open borders. I mean, they didn't say it exactly like that, but that's really what the message is. If he were a progressive, he would never suggest that the young people who think that Israel is the bad guy are wrong. Because progressives don't think like that, right? Progressives have to take an approach that Israel is the bad guy, the border should be wide open... China can do whatever the hell it wants. And then anybody who spews a message that is pro-Hamas, like the gays for Palestine or gays for Gaza or whatever the hell that group is, well, then they're the good guys, and you as a progressive should be cheering them on. How dare you support the oppressor that is Israel? They're just like the United States. They're the bad guy. The Democrat Party hates America it also hates Israel too for a lot of the same reasons. So if you're a Democrat in the year 2023, almost 2024, you have to now clarify your position on these issues because the Democrat Party is so extreme on all of those issues that you have to make it clear you don't stand with your own party on these issues. Now I ask you, which party is full of extremists, Democrats or Republicans? When James Carville's group asked voters, Democrat voters about this, they said that Trump, and the Republicans are better on handling issues of extremism than the Democrats are. You can't look at this border situation and think that that is sane or rational or normal. You can't look at the anti-Semitism on college campuses and think that that is sane or rational. You can't look at the crime on American city streets and think that that is sane or rational. These are all extremist policies that have now led to our cities being destroyed our border being wide open and the rise of anti-semitism in the united states of america but those ideas are all mainstream in the modern democrat party and that's the problem 877-381-3811 this is the mark levin show coming right back
3: Mark Levin. Traveling for the holidays? Pure Talk has you covered. Because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls from the Vatican or on a beach in the Bahamas, you're covered. From the steps of Buckingham Palace or your villa in Santorini, you dial away. And here's the best part. There is no rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And... They put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. So don't delay, folks. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team, now with international roaming to over 30 countries. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin. That's puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-M to make the switch. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's big. That's puretalk.com slash Levin to start saving on wireless right now.
1: Just to prove the point of how, yes, when John Fetterman, the guy in the hoodie and uh, baggy cargo shorts, is the sane, rational one, You know you have a problem. Here's John Fetterman talking about the border, talking about what's going on there. He did an interview on CNN, and he has to defend himself as still being a Democrat because he shares these ideas. I mean, he has to begin the interview by suggesting that he's still a Democrat. He has to kind of uh, sit there and explain himself and, 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 and defend himself as still being a Democrat to then explain why, even though he supports this radical position of securing the United States' southern border it still qualifies him to be a Democrat somehow in today's modern, kooky, progressive landscape that is the Democrat Party. Cut number five.
4: On immigration, uh, which is a big uh, issue going on in the Senate right now, you recently said, quote, I hope Democrats can understand that it isn't xenophobic to be concerned about the border, unquote. And even though you did run for lieutenant governor and senator, uh, as a progressive, you're now rejecting that label. What would you call yourself?
5: Uh, I would just call myself a a, a Democrat. And I believe that I'm on the right side of issues, whether that's being very pro-choice, maybe that I believe that is being pro-union. And if I believe that's for uh, pro-Israel on that as well, too, there's absolutely uh, different kinds of opinions in, in the Democratic Party. And, and I've always been very clear that I'm going to stand on the right side of what I believe it is. And I've been very upfront on others as well, too. And, and I really have been able to find anybody that can say there's not any kind of an issue right now on the border that has around 270,000 people being encountered on the border just in one month. And to put that in perspective, as I've said before, that's the side of Pittsburgh. And if roughly the, the size of Pittsburgh is showing up in the border, um, if that's what you, you need to say, that's fine. That's not really an issue uh, as a progressive. Then I guess that that's why I wouldn't be a progressive. But I have remained and, and will always be very, very uh, pro-immigration, perhaps as much as anybody in there.
1: But he can't call himself a progressive anymore because the progressives have kicked him out. But here's the problem, John. Your whole party is progressive. They're all a bunch of kooks. You are now finding yourself in the same position that Joe Manchin found himself in, Kirsten Sinema found herself in, because you have changed your thinking on this. I don't know if it's because you had a stroke and you've seen the light, uh, because your brain chemistry has changed, or because you're trying to play good politics in Pennsylvania, a must win state in 2024. I don't know. But all I know is now you are now an outlier. You belong in that very, very small group of people willing to speak out on border security, and there's a handful of you. That tells you something about the Democrat Party. You guys have a problem. It is a really big problem in the Democrat Party. The hate, the anti-Israel stance, the open border stance, the pro-crime stance— I mean, the fact that they support all these George Soros-funded prosecutors like in Philadelphia, Larry Krasner, who believe that criminals are the victims of society and that criminals should be given second chances and not actually prosecuted. This is the Democrat Party. This is who they are. You cannot pretend otherwise. There's no denying who they are. Watch their actions. Listen
3: closely. Tells you everything. Traveling for the holidays? Pure Talk has you covered. Because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls from the Vatican or on a beach in the Bahamas, you're covered. From the steps of Buckingham Palace or your villa in Santorini, you dial away. And here's the best part. There is no rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And... They put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. So don't delay, folks. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. Now with international roaming to over 30 countries. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin. That's puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-M to make the switch. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's big. That's puretalk.com slash Levin to start saving on wireless right now.
2: Driving The media mad. Mark Levin, call in with your outrage. 877-381-3811.
1: You know, the uh, amazing part about this entire conversation we're having, and welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It's Rich Zioli from Talk Radio 1210 WPHE. The amazing thing about this is that by uh, disenfranchising voters like the, like the left wants to do, they're playing right into Donald Trump's hands and of course at the same time they are showing the absolute tyranny that is the modern democrat party but at the same time they're doing this you have to ask yourself a quick question and that question is very very simple if they know this is bad politics why do they do it why do they keep doing it 877-381-3811 is the number if you want to weigh in today why do they keep doing it what is their what is their point what is their goal here now i think what it is is that they still believe that Donald Trump is the easiest one to beat. And I think that is a huge mistake. I think they believe that Donald Trump's the easiest one to beat, so they've gone after him and they continue to go after him and they continue doing things to poke the bear, thinking that he's gonna get the nomination and then lose. But you look at the trends in polling data, you see where things are going and it's very obvious that it's trending towards the Republican candidate, whoever that candidate is. Now I know the Fed's gonna do their nonsense next year and cut interest rates to try to help Joe Biden with his reelection and I'm sure there's going to be another vote by mail pandemic scare and I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of other nonsense that goes on and God only knows what the courts will pull when it comes to mail in ballots I mean in Pennsylvania for example, we still don't have clarity on whether or not ballots that are not signed and properly dated and properly postmarked for that matter can be counted. We don't know. But even short of all that. Trump still wins. I think Trump, I think whoever the Republican is wins. But it's the only explanation, the only explanation you can come up with into why Democrats keep doing this is because they must think that he's the easiest one to beat. Otherwise, why would you just not stop? They gave him a major gift yesterday in Colorado. They handed him the nomination on a silver platter. There is no way this decision stands in the United States Supreme Court, none whatsoever. Just the fact that he has had no due process alone is enough for the Supreme Court to tell Colorado, go scratch. Let alone, you don't even have to get into the whole aspect of the 14th Amendment Section 3 and how it does not include presidents. You don't even have to touch that. All you got to do is just turn around to Colorado and say, there's been no due process. He hasn't been found guilty of any of these things. There's no conviction. So there's no conversation to be had. Done. Over. Boom. So then why do it? Here's Frank Luntz, the poster. He was on CNN bursting their bubble over Colorado's disqualification of Trump from the ballot. Cut number four.
6: And I mean, but does the context even matter to Trump supporters? Because there have been. I mean, tonight's ruling was really lengthy, explaining point by point why they believe he incited the insurrection, why the 14th Amendment applies to him. But to the average Trump supporter, that, does that context even matter? Is this more about, once again, Trump is the victim of the deep state kind of
2: thinking? It actually proves Trump's point. It proves that the people in charge, the people in power are trying to take him down. But it's not you're not trying to reach all the Trump voters. You're simply trying to reach three or 4% of them that will make a difference in this election. Now make no mistake, there's very few undecided voters right now. There are very few people going back and forth between Trump and Biden. It's more about those people are trying to decide whether or not to vote. And I gotta tell you, Nikki Haley was gaining and gaining and gaining every single day. But she's going to be lost in the coverage for the next few days, maybe for the next couple of weeks.
1: So then the only conclusion you can reach is that Democrats believe that Trump is the easiest one to beat. And I think they are making a very, very bad bet here. 877 381 Let's go to Sarah. She's in Virginia. Sarah, you are on The Mark Levin Show. Hello. Hey
6: there. How you doing today?
1: All right. Thank you. I just...
6: I just had um, – you took care of one of my things. It was about the due process. Um, I wanted to comment that the left doesn't care about that. They don't even pretend to care anymore. J6 is an, ex- an example of that. All of us homeschool moms that are now terrorists, You know, the list yep. goes on and on. But you gave me the list, so, so I'm happy about that. Um, the second thing about disenfranchising voters – the Democrats don't care about disenfranchising voters either. In fact, the Democrat Party did that to their own voters. They have no problem with that. They changed rules. They made up new processes. They altered the order of primaries to keep RFK Jr. off the ballot. That's their own voters. Their own voters now don't get to, have, to, get to decide which candidate is on their ticket. And they, they obviously wanted to. I mean, actually, there's people in this party. There's a lot of people from all parties who wanted all the candidates to be forced into a vaccine mandate medical freedom, First Amendment conversation, actually. I mean, we would have all liked that. But, but you know, so they, they're happy to disenfranchise people. They, they disenfranchised their entire party by literally making up rules, reorganizing which order the primaries came in, all that kind of stuff, so RFK couldn't be on the ballot. Democrats needed to be, decide whether they wanted RFK or Biden on that ticket, but they're not going to get to. So, I mean, they're, they're not even making a pretense of these principles anymore due process, you know, disenfranchisement. They're not making a pretense. They go that same, same with Israel. They're not making a pretense anymore about just common civility.
1: Yeah, no, look, Sarah, uh, you're, you're right about a lot here. Thank you for the call and have a very Merry Christmas. And thanks for listening to The Mark Levin Show. I'll say two things about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Number one, he's not a conservative and he has a lot of very kooky positions on things like the environment, climate change, et cetera. So that's number one. And I don't really trust the guy. But to Sarah's point about how they've orchestrated the primary to ensure that he cannot properly compete fairly. Yeah, that's 100 percent accurate. And let's assume for a moment that everything that's happening with Hunter Biden is all about getting Joe Biden out of the race. See, the way I look at things in the world is I kind of remember what Vito Corleone said in The Godfather. I'm a superstitious man. And if something should happen to my son, I'm going to blame some of the people in this room for that. I don't believe in coincidences. And I think that when David Axelrod had his big hubbub, the Obama reunion weekend in Chicago to celebrate Obama's 2008 historic victory, and then that Sunday morning starts on a tweet storm going on about how Joe Biden can't win, he's got to get out of the race. They need another candidate. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think they all got there Friday night. Yeah, you know these reunion we- weekends go, whether it's a family reunion or a wedding or something. Get there on Friday night, catch up with old friends. Saturday, more people show up. You have the big dinner Saturday night. Sunday morning, everybody's kind of bleary-eyed. Bloody Marys, mimosas, strong coffee, whatever. And they say their farewells and their goodbyes. It was that Sunday morning that David Axelrod picks up the phone, opens up the Twitter app, and starts going crazy about how Joe Biden can't win. Now, is that a coincidence? Of course not. He was with the Obamas all weekend, and the Obamas know that Joe Biden can't win. David Axelrod knows this. The Democrats know this. They all know this. Then Hunter Biden gets indicted. And Hunter Biden says something very, very telling. He says, my father is not financially involved in my business. Hmm, what? He doesn't say my father's not involved in my business. He says my father's not financially involved in my business. What does that mean? He doesn't do payroll. He doesn't handle the, uh, the benefits enrollment. He doesn't do HR reporting. What does that mean? What I think that means is Hunter Biden's way of saying, listen, He's involved. I'm going to pretend like he's not financially involved to protect him, but I'm not going to prison. So listen up, Biden's team. I want to pardon or I'm going to be talking because guys like Hunter Biden don't go to prison. They can't last five seconds there, please. Now, the way that Joe Biden could get out of the race, of course, would be pardoning his son saying that he's got to protect his son from the mean MAGA Republicans who are just going after him because he's a, you know, a drug addict. And, and this is not fair to the millions of people who struggle with addiction. And they just can't stand the fact that there's these disgusting pictures and videos of Hunter Biden doing cocaine with strippers and having orgies. and everything. They just hate him for that. And as a dad, I got to protect my son. And he pardons him and then it all goes away. All the links to Joe Biden go away. Biden can preserve his legacy, not go down as a crook, and then the Democrats can have somebody else jump in the race. But they're not going to allow an open process if that were to happen. They're not going to allow the chance for an RFK to get the nomination, because as much as I think as conservatives, we should be very, very leery of Robert F. Kennedy for a lot of his positions, he still is an independent thinker. And he will not do what the establishment tells him to do. The party bosses, the, the people that run the universe in the Democrat Party, They know they can't control him. Same with Bernie Sanders. I mean, everything that happened in the winter of 2020 before COVID, when suddenly all the Democrat candidates, you remember, dropped out of the race and backed Joe Biden, that was all done to stop Bernie Sanders. They can't control Bernie either. So they'll never let Bernie be the nominee. They only want somebody who will be a puppet to Barack Obama, who is really called the shots. Let's be honest. I mean, you, you don't have to look any further than Joe Biden's policy on Iran to understand that that's Barack Obama's policy on Iran and Barack Obama's still calling the shots. Obama has always wanted Iran to have a seat at the uh, the League of Adult Nations, even though Iran does not belong there. Because any nation that believes in wiping another nation off the face of the earth and believes that based on your religion, you should die is not worthy of a seat at the table of the League of Nations. Not the actual League of Nations, but, you know, the proverbial League of Nations. But Biden's policy on Iran is the same as Obama's was. They'll give them money, unfreeze money that's theirs, make sure they have access to it, and then Iran will then fund all these wacky terrorist organizations. It's really not rocket science, but no matter what happens, the policy, the the process will be tightly controlled by the Democrat masters of the universe. If Joe Biden ends up not being the candidate, whoever is is somebody they can control. Whether it's Newsom or it's Whitmer or it's Murphy, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. They'll be a puppet for the establishment. That much I can guarantee you. And I'm not making predictions that Biden's going to do that, but that would be the easiest way out for him. A pardon for Hunter. It all goes away. There's statute of limitations implications going after the other Bidens. It really would go away. And then at that point, Joe can just sail off in the sunset. He can listen to the corporate media, praise him for putting family above politics. And he had no choice because of these mean MAGA Republicans who were going after his son. He's already lost a child. He can't lose another one to addiction. And he's so worried that Hunter may go back on drugs and overdose. And so I have to do this. But I know that by pardoning my son, I cannot stand for reelection. So I've decided that I have to put family first. That's a way out. And the, the, the context of Joe Biden, the, the subtle messaging by Hunter's team is uh, pardon us or pardon me or I'm going to talk. My saying that you are not financially involved in my business says a lot. It means you are involved in my business. And I can easily add the word financially down the road. If you catch my drift, dad. Hunter Biden's flying on Marine One yesterday with the president. They keep him off the flight manifest. Why? Here's a guy who's under federal indictment. The president's being investigated at an impeachment inquiry by the House of Representatives for potentially now doing business with his son, using his office to enrich his family members at the very least, to enrich himself at the very worst. And yet there he is with his son, hanging out, Marine One, like a, like a big giant FU to everybody. Like, we don't care. We'll do whatever we want. And it's just, a, it's a level of arrogance that I think people look at and say, I can't believe you, you people have no shame. You have no shame here. We know he's your son, but that's the point. You helped your son get rich. You, you used your office to enrich your son. So at the very least, why are you putting him front and center now with the president of the United States? I guarantee you there are political advisors who think that that was a horrible decision. Horrible decision by the president and his team to bring Hunter Biden on Marine One. You want Hunter to come visit? Then have Hunter park his car and walk in like everybody else. So at least you don't have the glare of that just right in people's faces. Like, look, there's Hunter Biden. There's the, uh, the president's son who's accused of, of millions of dollars in taxes, not paying his taxes and earning that money, potentially with the help of his father, the big guy, using his office to enrich his own family. And we don't care because we're Democrats. We do whatever the hell we want. So watch it in your face. Boom. Right there. Take that. Bad optics, but again, you know, if the guy's not really running for re-election, who cares? If he's not really all in, then who cares? Look, I'm not saying that Biden is definitely not going to run. I just know with 100% certainty that they don't want him to. There's no question about that in my mind. The Democrat establishment wants Joe Biden gone. They want him out of the race. They know that Joe Biden's a liability. There was a story that came out recently that Biden has a hard time accepting that his age is an issue Biden can't tell that his age is an issue. Everybody around him knows it's an issue. Everybody around him. But they can't convince this stubborn old mule to get out of the race. So then Hunter Biden is indicted in California and the impeachment inquiry begins. Eventually, this will come back to Joe Biden. It always does. The truth always comes out. 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, coming right back. Mark
3: Levin. Traveling for the holidays? Pure Talk has you covered. Because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls from the Vatican or on a beach in the Bahamas, you're covered. From the steps of Buckingham Palace or your villa in Santorini, you dial away. And here's the best part. There is no rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And... They put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. So don't delay, folks. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. Now with international roaming to over 30 countries. Go to puretalk.com Levin. That's puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-M to make the switch. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's big. That's puretalk.com Levin to start saving on wireless right now.
1: Let's go to Dan in Michigan. Dan, you're on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich, filling in tonight. How are you?
0: Hey, Rich. Great show, as always. I've been listening daily for over a decade. I just wanted to tell you I purchased a Mark Levin sweatshirt with his picture on it, and, you know, it says Mark Levin below. And I've been doing my Christmas shopping, and I've been stopped constantly by people in the stores Want to have and, and I it was taking me forever in a good way, taking me forever to get through the stores meeting people, but it made me realize how many people great people out there, Mark Levin really has
1: That's and, great to hear. I love it. Where'd you get the sweatshirt out of curiosity
0: um off the Mark Levin's swag app it's, nice. it's I'm on the podcast. All right. and, and that's not you. I All think, right. Well,
1: I'm, make sure you go to Mark Levin's uh, actual site and get the book, by the way, the signed copy of the uh, Democrat Party Hates America. It makes a great gift. Dan, thank you for the call and for your support of the show. We appreciate it very, very much. Joe is in Oregon. Joe, you're on the Mark Levin show.
0: Hey, ahead, to take my call. Yeah, uh, I wanted to discuss the reason uh, with the, the enforcement of the immigration laws. And all the liberals crying about it's unconstitutional, it's unconstitutional. Well, the U.S. Constitution is the U.S. Constitution, not the world's Constitution. Right. It does not apply to people who are not citizens. So, what does that have to do with enforcing the border from people that are not citizens?
1: Yeah, you're correct about that point, Joe. Thank you, and have a Merry Christmas. Uh, well, here's, here's the thing, and this is, this is the key. The, the, the left always wants to destroy the Constitution. The Constitution is the guardrails. So it, it controls them. It controls the angry mob. It's why we don't have mob justice in this country. They always want to sign on to these global accords. You notice that? Whether it's the Paris Climate Accords or the U.N. COVID Pandemic Accords, and all these accords mean the country has to sacrifice its sovereignty have to give up our own sovereignty for for the greater good of the world and the left loves this that's what they wind up doing but you have a lot of very kooky nations out there and you have a lot of tyrants who would love to take away freedom i mean what you saw with the pandemic in this country think of that on a global stage when you've got them thinking of putting in this this world order to control every country in terms of lockdowns and and schools and, and and vaccines that's very dangerous But ultimately, the goal is whether it's climate, whether it's pandemics, whatever it is, it is to have a global agreement on all these things, because the left hates our Constitution and they hate national sovereignty. They hate the United States of America. Democrat Party hates America. Bottom line. Hour number three of The Mark Levin Show coming up straight ahead. Don't go away.
2: Now
0: broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made
1: contact with our leader, Mark
2: Levin.
1: Going after Donald Trump in Colorado only benefits Donald Trump, but it hurts the Constitution, it destroys the tenets of due process, and it's not going to hold up muster to Supreme Court. But that's not going to stop other blue states from doing the exact same thing you watch. Welcome to the Mark Levin Show, hour number three. Great one is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia, where I do the afternoon drive show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Great to be with you, my fellow Levinites, as we get ready for Christmas. Only five days away. Hard to believe, right? So you uh, you you deprive somebody of their liberty to run for president of the United States based on the state of colorado determining that it has the authority to interpret the united states constitution and particularly the 14th amendment section three so the state decides we're going to interpret the united states constitution even though that's typically left to the supreme court but we're going to do it ourselves even though we're supposed to be colorado and we're supposed to interpret colorado's constitution and see how the laws of colorado are applicable based on the colorado constitution blah 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 but they're going to do that themselves and then they're going to say we are going to hold trump accountable based on a sham quote-unquote trial they had at the district court level where the judge in that case said yeah trump's an insurrectionist but it doesn't matter because under the third section of 14th amendment he doesn't he's not disqualified it doesn't apply to president so but the colorado supreme court's going to come around and say well the judge was right he's an insurrectionist but wrong on her point that the 14th amendment section three does not apply to presidents. It does. We've decided it does, and we're the Colorado Supreme Court, and we get to interpret the United States Constitution now. And at no point in this entire meandering, rambling opinion that the court issued did they confront the fact that Donald Trump was acquitted by the Senate. Let's not lose sight of that fact for a moment, shall we? Let's not lose sight of that. Trump gets impeached after January 6th, and the House of Representatives say, We charge you with insurrection against the United States of America. Trump goes on a trial in the United States Senate. He's there in absentia. He's not actually there, but, you know, they do a trial. And um, he's acquitted. So what about double jeopardy? I know it doesn't actually apply because impeachment is not typically a criminal matter. It's really a political matter. But the tenets, the philosophy, the spirit behind double jeopardy, could certainly apply if you wanted it to. But that's the thing. They don't want the spirit of double jeopardy or the insistence on actual due process or any of those things to actually matter. They just want to keep him off the ballot. And it doesn't matter if they sacrifice due process. It doesn't matter if they subject the country to a long legal fight. It doesn't matter to them. They don't care. They just have to keep him off the ballot. But let's not lose sight of the fact that if you're going to use precedent the only precedent in this entire matter is Trump's acquittal in the United States Senate. That's it. It's the the one and only time he's ever had to face the music for January 6th. So then in D.C. now, the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, has all these charges against Trump, but nothing about giving aid and comfort to those who are committing a rebellion against the United States of America or for leading or taking part in an insurrection. He doesn't even charge him with inciting an insurrection. He's basically charging with denying an election. All right which I think is also covered by freedom of speech, but what do I know, right? In the court's opinion, they say that Trump's rhetoric on January 6th led to the insurrection. Now, let's think about that for a moment. Here you have a president of the United States saying things, using words, using hyperbolic speech. We're going to march down the Capitol peacefully. we got to fight like hell, because if we don't fight like hell, we don't have a country anymore. Fight like hell. Now, that phrase is used all the time does that mean actually go fight police officers does it mean go fight uh people on the capitol go fight members of congress go fight senators no it doesn't mean that it means fight like hell it's a phrase it's a figure of speech people use it all the time how you doing with that assignment i'm fighting like hell to do it how you doing with your job i'm fighting like hell to keep it how you doing with dealing with your woke corporation i'm fighting like hell every day it's just a phrase it's a figure of speech it's not it doesn't really mean you walk into the board meeting and start punching people in the face and if you interpret it that way then you're a moron I mean I don't know what else to tell you if I tell you like listen you go to work today and you fight like hell to get a raise I don't mean for you to walk in and clock your boss in the face and say give me a raise or you're getting another one yeah did you like that huh you want more of that am I getting a raise or what Obviously, I don't mean that. It's not going to work out well for you. He's not going to give you a raise. You just punch the guy in the face. What were you thinking? But if you're dumb enough to think that that's what I meant, well, then that's on you. You can't call me later and say, you incited me to punch my boss in the face. What are you talking about? Well, you told me to go fight like hell for a raise. Yeah, I did. I didn't mean to physically assault your boss. Oh, well, what'd you mean by fight like hell? I don't know. It's a figure of speech. I don't Go in there and, you know, go for the gold. I don't, I don't know. It's just a, it's a saying. But that's basically what they're using for Trump. That he said that and then certain people took it upon themselves to smash windows and fight with cops or whatever else they're accused of doing. And that that's on him for saying those things. So now we're going to go into an age where politicians have to watch their speech because if somebody interprets what they're saying and does something bad, the politician can be held accountable. Now, the Supreme Court has already ruled against that as being nonsense because we have to have a standard for freedom of speech. And that is if I tell you to do something specific, if I tell you go to the Capitol, smash windows in and try to hold those members physically accountable and intimidate the crap out of them so they decide to not certify the election. Yeah, that's a problem. Did Trump do those things? No. So then what they're saying is that his words were like a Jedi mind trick. was subliminal messaging. Like when we were kids, you know, and they had the popcorn messages would flash in the movie, the Coke, the little dancing Coca Cola guy, you know, subliminal messages, just a quick second. Just to tell us to get up and go buy some snacks. Same thing. Subliminal messaging that made everybody do what they did on January 6, 2021. So now every time a politician says something, take back our country, start a revolution, anything, and somebody believes that they need to do something violent in response to that, or something that breaks the law in response to that, it's on the politician who said it. You're going to have a lot of politicians in prison. You're going to put away a lot of people. Because the one thing I know from being in politics my entire career and from from writing speeches for a lot of that is that politicians love hyperbole. They do. They love it. They love to say things like that. You ever listen to a Bernie Sanders speech? Bernie goes on and on about taking our country back from the oligarchs, the oligarchy, the oligarchy. Now, Bernie's always screaming about the oligarchs, the oligarchy, always. So if somebody goes and actually one day as he screams about Jeff Bezos not paying his fair share, if somebody goes and and hurts Jeff Bezos or, I don't know, tries to do something to his mega yacht, you ever see that thing, by the way? It's, unbelievable. it's like better than a cruise ship. Tries to do something to Jeff Bezos' yacht because he believes that Jeff Bezos doesn't pay his fair share and Bernie Sanders wants him to do something. Are we going to hold Bernie responsible? I hope not. Because Bernie didn't tell anybody to do anything against Jeff Bezos. So then the other argument that the left makes, which is that by Trump denying the results of the 2020 election, he led to the insurrection. So my question is, if anybody in Georgia had rioted would stacey abrams be facing prison time for denying that she lost the governor's race twice for refusing to concede for a couple years for going out there and saying that the election was stolen from her every politician who goes out there and says the election was stolen from them should they all go to jail too because they're they're not agreeing to the truth as the government sees it or do you have a right to say that i uh, i got it was you know it was stolen from me what about sports you know, if there's a bad play call and you say that the ref called that wrong and the team should have won instead of losing, should, should that sports announcer go to jail because he, he's denying the call of the refs or the athlete who comes out and does the press conference after the coach and says, we got robbed? You know, we got robbed. That was not a personal foul. That cost us the game. That ref should be held accountable. Does that coach get locked up? I mean, how far are we going to take this here? Or we deny the results of things and that becomes a federal crime or we use hyperbolic speech and somebody does something and then we hold the speaker accountable, even though the speaker was not specific in anything he said, how far are we going to go? You know, when Joe Biden said that social media was killing people, he accused Facebook of killing people during COVID. Because Facebook was allowing comments on the vaccine at the time that said the vaccine wasn't wasn't stopping transmission or might have side effects or shouldn't be given to kids or whatever. And I remember the day Joe Biden came out and said, Facebook is killing people. Now, my question is, if somebody had done something to hurt little Mark Zuckerberg, would they hold Joe Biden accountable for that? I mean, you, you, you just said Facebook's killing people. This person thinks he's a, he's a vigilante. This guy thinks he's Batman going to stop Mark Zuckerberg from killing people. That's on you, old man. That's on you. It's ridiculous. And then Colorado goes a step further. They decide Trump's guilt without a trial, without due process, without witnesses, without uh, d- disclosure of any kind. They just decide his guilt and then they assign the punishment to him. They assign the punishment as being that he can't be on the ballot. They take it upon themselves to not only be judge, jury, but also executioner at the same time. They decide the crime, which is an insurrection. They hold a trial in their minds, I guess, and they decide his guilt, and then they they issue the sentence that he can't be on the ballot. They have the authority to do none of these things. If Donald Trump was, in fact, involved in an insurrection, or if he incited an insurrection, or if he gave aid and comfort to those who were committing an insurrection, well, all of those, all of those would be federal offenses. They'd all be federal crimes. So how does the state of Colorado have the authority to adjudicate federal crimes, to prosecute federal crimes? When, when did that become a thing where states now start enforcing federal law? And if that's the case, then I guess we're okay with what, with Texas, right? See, it's so funny. Just yesterday, I heard the White House screaming about how Texas cannot enforce federal immigration law. States can't enforce federal laws. So Texas passing a state law saying that they're going to have the Texas Rangers go out there and arrest people who cross into Texas illegally, that's a violation. They can't do that. States can't enforce federal law, and immigration is only a federal law, period. I heard that lecture yesterday. But now Colorado can enforce federal uh, insurrection laws. They can enforce that. They can hand out punishments and they can uh, do little uh, trials in their mind when it comes to federal insurrection law. So it's once again, the left wanting it every single way they want it. When it comes to immigration, states can't do a damn thing about it. When it comes to insurrections, all the states can be judge, jury and executioner, even though it's a federal offense, even though it'll be handled under US code, even though it already was handled by the United States Congress during the impeachment of Donald Trump after January 6th. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. It's the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, coming right back.
0: Mark
1: Levin. 877-381-3811. If you want to weigh in here tonight on the Mark Levin Show. The, uh... Due process that was afforded to Trump, I I heard an argument by some legal scholar today who said Trump had ample due process before the uh, Colorado Supreme Court and in the district level as well. Really? They, They get to charge the federal offense of insurrection or rebellion against the United States of America? Stop. Come on. Please give me a break. They don't have the authority to do that. This was not a real trial. There were no actual indictments against Trump there was no reason to exercise due process because nobody had indicted him for these crimes. And certainly a state cannot indict him for these crimes. Only the federal government can. So how do you then have due process? First, you need a charge. They don't even have that. Not yet, anyway. Melrose is in Los Angeles. Melrose, you are on the Mark Levin Show. How are you?
0: Oh, boy, what a thrill to be talking to you, Rizzoli. I've heard about you for months from my friend Chris from New Jersey. He's a big fan of yours in Philadelphia. Do you know Chris Eppolito?
1: He's a great guy. He's a great guy on Twitter, too. He's one of my favorites.
0: He's been raving about you, and I want to tell you something. I love Mark Levin. I love Donald Trump. I know President Trump is listening right now. You are unbelievable. You're not the great one, but you are almost as good as the great one.
1: Well, that's very kind of you to say. You could say I'm the lesser great one. I appreciate that, but it's very kind.
0: Okay. And I want you to know, I know you have a million callers. Your analysis is brilliant, and I am—I want you to know, I think New York and California are in play for Donald Trump. That's right. And I have an MBA from Cornell and a BA from Brandeis University in Politics. Uh, I'm not as good on radio as you are, but I've had a little bit of experience with Howard Stern, of all people, and you are Fantastic. And I hope President Trump gets a copy of all your broadcasts because you are so right on. You make up for all the morons, the New York Times and the LA Times. And God bless you, Rizzioli, and God bless Chris Eppolito.
1: Melrose, you just made my night and, and you gave me a great Christmas present. So thank you, my friend. The check is in the mail, and I really appreciate that. It's very kind of you. Very kind indeed. Well, I told you, Mark's my radio mentor. So I got into this business because of him and. I have learned a lot from him. I don't try to copy him, never. I do not, I won't do that. Cause I think that that's just wrong. It's like, uh, if I did that, I'd be the president of Harvard. I would never do that. I don't like plagiarizing. I don't like people that steal. People steal for me all the time. So I know how frustrating that is for Mark. But in terms of trying to break things down into a constitutional understanding of things, I don't think there's anyone better than Mark Levin at that and the history of radio. I don't think there's anyone better than that. But it's something that I try to do my best. He's a constitutional scholar. I am not. I'm not even an attorney. But there's no one better than Mark when it comes to that. But I, I think it's important to try to apply it in the context of that. It, it is incredibly important for the republic. And there's nothing about the Colorado decision that is remotely constitutional. Because at the forefront of everything, I look at the Bill of Rights as your protection from your government. You know, it's, it's, it's your inalienable rights codified into easy to understand language to protect you from your government. And I think the biggest thing about that is that they all kind of, it's a symphony. In all the amendments, it's a symphony of, of of your protection, of your liberty from your government, particularly if you're accused of a crime, particularly you're afforded all these protections if the government is trying to accuse you of a crime, starting from the fact that they can't put troops in your home, could be intimidating to you. They can't deprive you of your free speech rights. They can't disarm you and they they also Uh, have to get a warrant, a very specific warrant, if they want to try to find evidence on you. And then, of course, your right to say nothing, your right to a trial by a jury of your peers. I mean, there's so many protections you have from your government because the founders were acutely aware of just how much power the government has. And they have a lot more power than all of us. Unlimited time and unlimited resources. That's why due process is such a hallmark of the republic. And without it, we are not a republic. We are a tyrannical country. That's why there is no due process in tyrannical regimes, period. It's The Mark Levin Show coming right back.
2: Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811.
1: Yes, indeed. 877-381-3811. What a joy to be with you tonight on The Mark Levin Show. It's me, Rich Zioli, from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. You can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at Rich Zioli, R-I-C-H-Z-E-O-L-I. I -I. I do the afternoon drive show on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD in Philadelphia. By the way, a local story, but national in its implications for you. So you know how uh, I mentioned earlier that Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman I call him Fetter Person because I don't like to bring gender into it. You know what I mean? So I call him John Fetter Person. But John Fetterman, uh, he came out and he's uh, taken the side of Israel. He said we have to do something about the border because every day we have the, a city, the equivalent of Pittsburgh, coming in. He also said we have to save U.S. steel from being purchased by a foreign company. It's a national security issue. We have to stop China from buying all our farmland. He accused TikTok of poisoning the minds of American youths with their anti-Israel rhetoric. I know it didn't sound like a Democrat, right? The governor of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, is another guy with major national ambitions. He's very smart. Smart guy. Josh Shapiro is already on the national map because when they had that explosion on Route 95 in Philadelphia, he was down there declaring that this would be fixed, and a lot of hard-working men and women got it done. A lot of... People busted their humps to get that done. Of course, Josh Shapiro took all the credit for it, but he signed a bill into law a couple days ago. Actually, it's the end of last week. Philadelphia, like a lot of cities around the country, has a very, very progressive Marxist kook, soft-on-crime, pro-criminal district attorney. His name is Larry Krasner. He's part of the George Soros Merry Band of Progressive Kooks, funded by George Soros. And since Larry Krasner's got there, prosecutions for illegal guns, for example, have plummeted, the revitism, <clears throat> I can't say that word, you know, the return rate of criminals back on the streets, sometimes you have a problem with the word, we're going to do, uh, has, has soared. I mean, I talk to cops in Philadelphia all the time about this, and they tell me that neighbors are afraid to call the police when bad guys are on the streets in their neighborhood. They used to, but now they're afraid because they know those guys will be back on the streets the next day. Cops will come down and get them, but they're gonna be back on the streets. Krasner, like other Marxists, believes that capitalism is the problem, and the criminals are victims of the capitalist system. And so how do you really punish victims? Well, Josh Shapiro and the Democrat-led legislature in Pennsylvania passed a law, the governor signed it, that essentially strips Larry Krasner of some of his power. Now, not all of his power. They didn't go nearly far enough, and they could have because he was impeached by the House. They could have had a trial in the Senate and got rid of him. But what they've done is they've said that any crime that happens on the property of SEPTA, that's the regional transportation system, any crime that happens on SEPTA will be handled by a special prosecutor appointed by the attorney general of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. That's a big deal. And Krasner's unhappy about it, as you can imagine. Oh, he had a big press conference decrying this. This is against the will of the voters. How dare you do this? Blah, blah, blah. So the local Fox 29, the affiliate, catches up to Krasner as he's getting into his car and they say to him, "Uh, yeah, but Mr. District Attorney, I mean, what do you say about the fact that this was passed by a Democrat legislature and signed by a Democrat governor? And he just gets in the car and just drives away, peels out of there. I don't know. I, I, I have to wonder if the Democrats, Democrat elected officials, if they have an, a, a modicum of common sense, they have to realize how freaking nuts things are. Right. They've got to see this. I mean, They've got to realize how friggin' nuts the country is under their leadership, how progressives have destroyed this country in every single way, from the border to the fentanyl crisis, to American city streets being overrun by crime and homelessness and tent cities and everything else. they got to realize that this is not popular. Right. They have to. Come on. They have to look at the economy and think to themselves, this is not, this is not sustainable. You can't, you can't keep this going, this spending in Washington and the perpetual nonstop checks to Ukraine and this zero accountability to anything. You can't do this forever. They, they have to look at the situation in the country with all the anti-Semitic protests. There's a restaurant in Philadelphia, Goldie's. And Goldie's is a very popular neighborhood restaurant. There are these people outside of Goldie's chanting about the owner, you can't hide. We accuse you of genocide. And it made national news. Now, the governor was smart enough to come down there and say this is anti Semitic, and he decried what the people were saying. The owner of the restaurant's a Democrat. Joe Biden didn't say a word about this. And the reason why Joe Biden is trying to do this little dance on Israel that he's doing, where he tries to, like, he's he's for Israel, but he also wants Israel to stop what they're doing, and and he refuses to decry anti-Semitism. And you see the anti-Semitic protests on college campuses, this vile speech that is tolerated even after, for years, these colleges would not tolerate speech they didn't like. And you see people turn around and criticize that, but not Biden, not a lot of these Democrat politicians— because they're afraid of their base. The base is crazy. And the base is the majority. When John Fetterman comes out and says he stands with Israel and he wants a strict border, uh, a secure border, and he's got to explain how that makes him an outlier, but he's still a Democrat, buddy, you got a problem. When the governor of Pennsylvania has to sign a law That strips the district attorney of one of the most consequential cities in America, Philadelphia, of some of his power because that district attorney refuses to actually prosecute criminals. Buddy, you got a problem. Your party has a problem. When you have the governor of Pennsylvania has to come down and decry anti-Semitism because crazy people are yelling, uh, accusing the owner of the restaurant of genocide because he's Jewish And the governor has to decry that as anti-Semitic. Those are your voters, man. Those people are not voting Trump. All those crazy people, and I know this because they were all wearing masks. They're out on the street screaming anti-Semitic speech, and they're all wearing masks because COVID, obviously, right? (laughs) These are your people. These are your people. So it's nice to have you come to the party. It's like a diehard welcome to the party, pal moment, you know? Welcome to the party, pal. But we've been telling you this for years. Your party is freaking insane. You don't have this kind of extremism on the right. You just don't. The Republican Party doesn't have it. I know that the media would like you to think that, but it's just not there. I'm not saying there aren't whack jobs in the Republican Party. It's a big country. It's a big party. It's a lot of people. Of course there are. But you don't see it in the same way. And certainly the policies are not leading to this kind of destruction of America. We turn on the TV and see 15,000 people crossing the border a freaking day. You know? And you turn on the TV and you see cities overrun by crime, fentanyl, you got homeless populations, you got tents on the street, you got people shoveling poop so that the, you know, the, 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 the guy from China doesn't see it, Xi Jinping, you know, it's not good, it's not good. And, they, and, and then you, you look at college campuses, which are, of course, the bastions of leftism, with the vile anti-Semitic rhetoric that comes out of it, And you turn around and you say, oof, you guys are whack jobs. Let's go to Rick in New Jersey. Rick, you're on The Mark Levin Show. Go ahead.
2: I don't want anybody to forget that RFK Jr. called for putting climate change deniers. That's me because I know climate science. Uh, called for putting us in jail.
1: Did he really? Hello? Yes. Yeah. He said we should have three hots and a cot. Hmm. Well, Rick, like I said, people should be very, very leery of him on many of his positions, particularly climate. So thank you for clarifying that. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to The Mark Levin Show. Yeah, it's uh, the whole climate denialism thing. It's another big area of disinformation where you're not allowed to argue anything that doesn't follow what the intelligentsia says on the issue. There's lots of different reasons why the climate could be changing. Lots of reasons. And there is actual debate within the scientific community on this, but they're afraid to say anything because you know what happens? If they contradict the narrative that it's all man-made global warming, they'll lose their funding. These scientists, they're like artists, you know, they need somebody to back them, not the kind of Hunter Biden artist where you just get your dad's friends to buy your crappy artwork after you spit paint through a straw No, no. i'm saying that most scientists are, are, are artists in the sense that they they would have to, to make a living they'd have to either go work at a corporation or if they want to actually research new things they have to be at a university or a research center or something that requires funding And in order for them to keep their funding they have to say what the intelligentsia wants them to say so if you have a scientist who believes for example that perhaps maybe the climate is changing and the uh, temperatures are rising because of volcanic activity which is a legitimate question. They can't even ask the question. Because to do so, to suggest that underwater volcanoes might be leading to the temperature of the Earth rising, to do that destroys the narrative that it's all people driving SUVs. So they'll lose their funding and they'll be canceled. If you have a scientist who suggests, well, maybe climate change is because of the sun. Maybe solar spots and solar flares or anything like that. That could be a cyclical thing. Nope, you, can't say, you cannot say it. The only thing you're allowed to say is that it's fossil fuels. Man-made fossil fuels and shut down oil and natural gas and zip it. Zip it. If you don't agree, zip it or you lose your money. And money's a powerful motivator. So these scientists all play the game. And it's very frustrating. I mean, you think about the power they have. You think about the power Big Pharma has, too. Big Pharma can shut somebody down in a heartbeat. If you come out and you stand up to Pfizer or Moderna and you question them, like the, the, the Surgeon General in Florida has done, like the Attorney General in Texas has done, and good for them for doing so, you can be shut down very quickly. You don't have that kind of power behind you, and you question them. There's a lot of money behind this stuff. So a big part of the reason why there's so much happening in the area of disinformation is because there's money attached to it, bottom line. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Jim in Florida. Jim, you're on the Mark Levin show. Go ahead.
2: Oh, Good evening, Rich. You know, I tell you, there's so many subjects here. And you're right. You know, the American people are, are pretty smart. But you know, the the bottom, the bottom line is, and it goes much broader than this, what we have here is you got to look at what Biden had done when he got office. He opened up the border. He cut the pipeline. Uh, You know, all that started coming out about his, um, you know, about all the money that he was coming in. This guy's on videotape bragging about how he blackmailed the Ukraine over Burisma and his son. And then his son goes out and basically gives the middle finger and a big F you to the Congress of the United States. And they do this with impunity. They know that nothing's going to come back. You have the mouse. You have the three musketeers. You have Biden. You have the DOJ, and that includes the FBI, and that includes the judicial. And uh, and uh, gee, I said the three, three musketeers. Now the third one, I just, I just. Well,
1: that's okay. All, your, your, point is, your point, is valid, though, Jim, in terms of what they're trying to do. So go ahead.
2: So, uh, and then it's the media. So they're all, you know, it's all for one and and, and all for one, one for all and all for one, and they're all they're all behind each other on this, and they're all protecting each other on this. But you know, it goes much broader than that, and it goes it goes a little bit, it goes a lot deeper, Um, because if you look at it too, then we had this satellite sent by China, and Biden did nothing about it. You have. You know, you got to look at it from – I look at it like I'm in a space station. I'm looking down from space, seeing exactly what's going on on a, on a whole global thing and how this is all just another piece of a very big puzzle. And the biggest puzzle of all, what the picture is turning out to be, is that you have the World Economic Forum that's kind of dictated what these guys are going to do. They have their yearly get-together where they all fly in on their planes, and it's going towards that, that one world – Government, the one-world monetary system. They're coming up now with the digital money. And what's ultimately going to you know, happen there is um, they cannot succeed in accomplishing their goal unless they destroy the integrity and the promise of the United States. And that's what Biden had done. And the biggest threat that Trump has is because he knows this, because he himself has been on the inside of that, and yeah, he's
1: seen it up in uh, close and personal. Jim, thank you. I got to run, buddy. But I appreciate the call. And your, your thoughts are, are, are very strong. Yeah, Trump has seen it. And that's why they want to stop him. I always equate it to jaws to the revenge. This time it's personal. It's it's it, he's seen it up close. He knows what it's like. He knows the battle that he's got to face. He knows how powerful these forces are. And I think a lot of that is because when he got in there, when he was elected, you had a lot of the Republican establishment come rushing to him and say, you need to hire this person, that person, that person, this person, this person from the RNC and this person who worked for this person and McConnell's person and that person and blah, 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 Paul Ryan. And it was a disaster. But now Trump sees through that and that's not going to happen again. So the same forces that have all the power and the money are doing everything they possibly can to stop him. The Republican establishment is behind Nikki Haley. You can see that, obviously. And the Republican establishment would rather have a Democrat for another four years than Donald Trump, because so the establishment can make more money with a Democrat in office than him in office, because the swamp will be drained, and that cuts into their bottom line. Bottom line. All right. Mark Levin, show our final segment straight ahead. Do not miss it. Go, don't go away.
2: Mark Levin.
1: This is Christmas time, obviously five days from today. Former President Trump made a point about Joe Biden that I think is worth sharing with you, and that is that Joe Biden never, ever references Jesus Christ at Christmas, even though it is the day we celebrate his birth. Uh, and as Christians, a lot of people would like the president of the United States to acknowledge that. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging it. It doesn't hurt other religions to acknowledge it. But th- he will not. He, he claims to be a Catholic. He's a, he's a Fugazi Catholic, as my people say. A Fugazi He's a fraud. But he has not mentioned him at the Christmas tree lighting. I don't even know if they still call it a Christmas tree. It might be a holiday tree at this point or a winter wonderland tree or whatever other nonsense the left throws out. Why they have such a problem just saying the word Christmas makes no sense. I mean, it's a, it's a holiday. It's a Christian holiday to mark the birth of Jesus Christ. Why they can't say those things is baffling to me doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't, doesn't make Christianity the, the main religion of the country. It doesn't, doesn't hurt Jewish people or Muslims or Buddhists or anybody else. But they refuse to do it. They won't do it. They will not do it. They just they, they, they cannot even fathom it. This is what Trump said regarding that. Cut number six.
2: When Joe Biden lit the national Christmas tree earlier this month, he completely failed to even mention the birth of Jesus Christ, which is hard to do if you're celebrating Christmas. right? He didn't mention Jesus Christ in his remarks. Not for three years he hasn't mentioned that and barely mentioned God. When I was president, we brought back the beautiful phrase, Merry Christmas, and I said I'd do that. I'm very proud of that, actually, because, as I said at the beginning, that was really under siege. And when I lit the Christmas tree each year, it was my honor to publicly celebrate the true source of uh, Christmas joy, which is Jesus Christ.
1: I don't know what's wrong with that. I'm glad he said it. I really am. I'm happy he said it. But the Democrat Party, they've got a problem. They really do have a problem. Do they not? They don't seem to like Jewish people very much. They don't seem to like Christians very much. They really, they really have a problem. I mean, this party is lost. And that's why you have so many people speaking out and trying to say, oh, I'm not like them. But you know what? You judge a person based on the character of the company they keep. Never forget that. George Washington said that, I believe. Thank you for letting me fill in. It's been an honor, Mr. Producer. Thank you. I appreciate it very, very much. Have a blessed Christmas and a happy new year. Follow me on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you for listening to The Mark Levin Show.